Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Make the Media. Thank you, all for as always. We're going to do a three things before three things, a dad's and a holiday moif. But I wanted to start off by talking very briefly about pangus. And if you don't know what a pangu is, I don't think you should unless you speak Korean. It is the Korean word for fart. And it's something that my boys speak a lot about. And I think every person on this planet finds farts funny. Um, I don't think it ever stops being funny. Right? Howard Stern has made a tremendous career. A quarter of Howard Stern's career has been about fart jokes and flatulence. The reason I bring this up is um, my youngest son, who's now beginning to speak some words and he can't pronounce everything, and that's so cute about kids that can't. It's the only time when you can't pronounce something that it's cute when it turns into a curse word. So he can't say fart. And when he wants to hear farts, because it's unfortunately what I introduced to him to keep him happy and focused on something, I bring out this app. And he says, when he wants to hear farts, he goes, pangufa. <laughs> and what he's trying to say is fart, but as a kid, two years old, he can't pronounce it. So he's, about pangufa, 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 pangufa. He says it all day long. And I just wanted to share that with you because I think it's funny. And maybe it becomes a viral sensation because it's very funny, pangufa. And I'm going to just tell you, I'm carving out my territory on a book and a whole children's series called The Pangu Knots. So, we play a game where they sit on my lap and I have this fart machine and I count to three, two, one, and they fart and they launch out into outer space. And we do this all day long and they giggle and they laugh. Just wanted to share that with you that uh, Pangu Knots trademarking that and <laughs> Pangu Fuck trademarking that. And uh, I just wanted to share that this app, it's called Fart World, <laughs> is truly remarkable because. This is all he wants every day, all day, is this app. <laughs> That's his favorite one. And sometimes he just presses all of them. Uh, when are you going to open the, open the app, Dave? I just hear you doing yeah. this in the studio here. And again, I just wanted to bring this up. What I'm remark- I, I, I want to find, if we, anyone can find the owner and the group or the individual <laughs> behind this app, can we have them on the podcast? Because once you do 20 farts, it starts to, put in a ton of ads and you gotta you can't really use it anymore unless you go premium unless you go premium so you get 40 additional fart sounds all of them unlocked and no ads for the premium price of $4.99 a month <laughs> which is as much as a streaming service and I'm telling you I think a lot of people have downloaded this app and I want to know who has downloaded it has anybody downloaded it and I want to know the entrepreneurial geniuses behind fart world I want you to look at your app usage and see how, if it's in your top apps. I, it has oh, to be. 100%. Because it's it's, it, 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 all it does, it, my phone only produces fart noises. And um, the success of Fart World has literally inspired me to be like, I'm going to write a children's book called Pangu, The Pangu Knots, where two little boys travel outer space in the world by <laughs> it's really farting. Good. It's really good. Into the outer space zero gravity environment just propelled yeah. by farts that's it if you're putting if you're staking your claim though you gotta stake your claim on Pangu World because that's a good theme park too Pangu World Pangu World Pangu World I, 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 you know what I'm okay with just trying to www.pangufuck <laughs> that's not that's an NSFW website the second thing I wanted to talk about was Pinterest has release their food trends. Huge food trends between 2024. Oh, what do we got? And I'd argue that it seems like Pinterest is much skews more female than male. I think that's true. And I'd also argue that it's a wildly uh, powerful tool for showing what's in vogue. So I don't want to, I think you should take it more seriously than not. It's 
cookie baking, holiday shopping, party hosting, and bubbly popping season. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but those aren't the, the things. But out of the 482 million users in terms of entertaining, according to the Pinterest site, tropical vacation-themed food and beverage will be a big thing for the year, including escapist boomer and Gen Z people driving this escapist aesthetic with hibiscus prints and tasty mocktails. They've seen a 70% increase in pineapple mocktails and a 50% leap in pineapple upside down cake. And more importantly, this is the last thing they predict, melty mashups. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. Any oh. combination with the words ooey gooey in one line has been <laughs> saved over and over and over again. Think ooey gooey burger quesadillas, <laughs> ooey gooey carbonara ramen. And I invented, here's another thing. <laughs> I invented ooey gooey. No. I invented carbonara ramen. I, that's oh, true. Oh, and Pepe, same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. All right? These motherfuckers. <laughs> I understand that we should take this seriously, but I, I, an ooey-gooey pineapple mocktail is a hard thing to say. No, 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 no. no. That's, a two, that's a different Pinterest group. Oh. Ooh, vacation theme foods and beverages separate. Another trend is ooey-gooey, uh-huh. <laughs> ooey-gooey melty mashups, like burger quesadillas. Okay. So cheesy shit. Carbonara ramen. And cheeseburger tacos, everybody's favorite. <laughs> Classic. Authentico. We've seen a, a lot of bold takes across a variety of categories, such as fashion, home, and especially food. So comfort foods, ooey-gooey mashups, and fusion, and cooking, and all of that shit. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Pinterest, that's going to work out. Pinterest and seaweeds? Oh, that was last year. This is 24. As much as I want to laugh, and as much as I want to say, I don't think it's true. I think it's a sign of the apocalypse that these things are actually coming to fruition because Pinterest don't lie. They know. They know. Unlike other places, this isn't people sitting in a room just coming up with what they like, whatever. This is just, this is what people are looking for. And the third thing I wanted to talk about is a a recipe tip. So when I worked at a restaurant and it won't be too hard for those to figure out since I worked there, I was like, we'd make this frisee lardon salad and we would do that after doing the poulet and vest. That was a, 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 a chicken that was stuffed with truffles and you shove it into a pig's bladder that's been rehydrated and you, it's a beautiful process. And then you bring that out, it's two courses, table side, and then you bring out the leg meat and then you would make a frisee salad. And I remember tasting this vinaigrette and I was like, wow, what is in this? It's so good. It was a vinaigrette with sherry vin, a couple other things. I won't explain everything. It was a... Uh, I was just saying, we we're at Cafe Blue, and they would add chicken jus. And if you know what chicken jus is, this is, again, this is very different than chicken broth. You're making a stock, dark chicken stock. There's a variety of ways to do it, but ultimately you're reducing it down to a syrup. So it's just got a ton of glutamic acid, umami. It's delicious. Chicken jus is delicious. J-U-S. In a ladle of that, warm, like a warm vinaigrette is so effing good. And I think warm vinaigrettes are underrated, not done enough. And most people probably understand a warm vinaigrette as a bacon vinaigrette, but there's all kinds of different vinaigrettes. And I guess the other underrated thing is you can put drippings from your roasts of proteins or anything, anything that has animal fats. Don't be shy to actually use that as a basis for a vinaigrette because it is going to be extremely delicious. So it has its time and place. Would I put it on like a, you know, 
I don't know, some kind of very fresh salad with gentle right. lettuces and baby herbs? No. That to me is a more uh, traditional vinaigrette of like red wine vinegar, mustard, shallots, blah, 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 blah. But uh, heartier like winter lettuces, and bitter lettuces, something that is more lettuces that can hold up to a dressing and not wilt. The frisés, the endives of the world, certain spinaches, they can take a warm vinaigrette. And I think warm vinaigrettes are underrated. And the other thing is anything that is a dripping. Mm-hmm. Right, the drippings that you might put into a Yorkshire pudding or into a gravy. Right, don't think that that's weird because you're putting gravy on things. But gravy with a acidity is a basically what you're sort of making as another emulsion. And I, you never see that in any magazine. So my prediction of 2024 is someone is going to listen to this and they're going to steal this idea. Hot fat salads. Hot fat salads. <laughs> I 100% agree. It's always been my favorite move ever. You know, the, the famous roast chicken at Zuni. The last thing after the cook hacks up the chicken into six parts on the cutting board, puts it on that uh, panzanelle salad, is to take a bench scraper and just scrape the drippings all over the lettuces. Like, that's the best move. It is the kind of salad that I like to eat. A salad that is just not that healthy. And that's the thing is, I'm not saying a healthy salad can't be delicious, but a salad like a cob salad, a wedge salad... Those clearly are the best salads. We've done salad rankings before, but the whole genre of warm vinaigrettes, underrated. Does it, is it actually unhealthier, though? Like, really? So impure? much, though. But because like animal fat versus just like a bunch of oil. Here's and the vinaigrette. thing if you're going to do it with animal fats, what else are you going to put there? Average meat. Chicken, chicken skin, bacon, <laughs> bacon crumbles, cheese. The whole thing. Yeah. You're like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair. Fair. I mean, when have you ever seen a warm chef. vinaigrette as like, Light. Yeah. Just a gently dressed you know, bacon it's just, fat. It's just like, just a wisp of citrus. <laughs> right. Just some spring lettuces with no, a tiny no, no. bit of... It's like... <laughs> if you're going to dress a salad in meat drippings, you might as well put the meat on there, the crunchy bits on there, the whole thing. I'll give I you a you. quick recipe. I used to make this all the time when I worked on Merger, is a, a bacon vinaigrette. So I'd render up bacon. I'd add ground sugar, mustard. We actually almost did something like this on Recipe Club with a million dollar... BLT, the bacon, thing, the yeah, bacon yeah. thing, which is basically like a, a $2, $2 BLT because it's so stupid to call it a million dollar <laughs> BLT. Literally, it's just c- coated in brown sugar and and you, and you sherry vinegar. I love sherry vinegar. It's probably my favorite vinegar next to rice wine vinegar, but sherry vinegar works so well in this. I find that it pairs sweetness and acidity quite well. And you just puree that with an egg yolk. You don't even have to use an egg yolk, some mustard, some kind of neutral oil, and also you don't want to use all the bacon fat. And you just whip that up. Um, you can keep that hot. Amazing on a spinach salad. And, oh bake, and soft poached eggs. Oh, my God. Or soft boiled eggs. That's oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe 2024. Ooey gooey eggs. Ooey gooey eggs. Maybe 2024 is going to be all about the bacon spinach salad. You just don't see it enough. When's the last time you saw a bacon spinach salad with a warm vinaigrette? Warm vinaigrettes at all. So I don't know if this is going to be a trend in 2024. I'm just saying it would be nice if it became a thing. Because if I saw a warm vinaigrette salad, I know that it's going to be tasty. I know that it's going to be unhealthy. And I know that it's going to be a salad that I'm going to want to order. Right? So I'm asking myself, why do we not see it more? It's No, it fits all the criteria. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why you don't see it at restaurants more. It's a pain in the fucking dick. (laughs) <laughs> to fucking make from a cold station. Right. Yeah. 
Because one thing, if you were at home and you roasted a chicken or you got bacon, you for those salad. that have worked Garmager at an when I say an ambitious restaurant, when you've been Garmager is usually the cold station, and again we can do a whole episode about how it's been totally shit on as the salad station. It is the fucking most badass station around. It's the most technique you can learn. And if you go to Japan, the Garmager is the highest level. Or just go to Twago. That is like where Garma. Anyway, I, I, I what is the, I, what is like the pickup from a cold station? If you were to do a warm vinaigrette, you have rendered fat and then you throw. Well, it in that's a pan. the problem. Either you have an, a small induction there, but that's the thing is cold station. Everything needs to be cold, mm. and you can have an induction and you can pick that up. But for those that work in a kitchen where you are working in a brigade like system, you know what I'm talking about. When you have to work on a dish and you have to coordinate it with hot app station or the entremetier station, and you're not anywhere close to them. <laughs> Is fucking hell. Because, like, you get your own tickets coming in, and you're like, okay, now I got to get that terrine. I got to get that pate. I got to get that raw fish set up. Boom, 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 boom. And now I got to time it in with the entremet or the hot apps person that doesn't give a fuck about me. Right. right? Who cares so little about making sure you're getting your thing over there. So, like, you're going to fire them, and they're in the weeds, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to stop everything and make sure that you're okay. Let me get you your hot fat. Yeah. So, if you've ever had to coordinate either from the hot apps, Entremetier station, and you're coordinating with the Garmazay station, or vice versa, you know that the hot apps person doesn't give a fuck about the cold apps. The cold ass person is like, go fuck yourself to the hot apps person when you need to fucking work together to get one component for your dish to go out. It is a horrible idea. Horrible idea when you have to put that on the menu. And anybody that is putting that on the menu from a chef's perspective, they know that. Mm. They know that. Sometimes they do it because they're like, I'm bored. <laughs> Let, let's see something, some dynamite action today. Something dynamic, I mean. And honestly, I'm triggered right now just thinking about all the fucking times I cannot get this cold food out because I'm waiting for Mr. Hot Apps or Mrs. Hot Apps and they're just fucking. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. You're just like, just a little fat, please. Like, just please just, over here. Can you heat that up, please? <laughs> just quickly heat it up. You can't do anything about it. And I'm just explaining a situation in real life that very, if you haven't put on white. You have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Still funny. Yep. You have no idea. And guess what? Maybe it would be in the next season of The Bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right. Let's take a break and into three things. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. All right. Three things, three artistic inspirations for me outside of the culinary world. Oh, biggest artistic inspirations outside of the culinary world. I will tell you one, musically, I always say the Velvet Underground, extremely important band for me in my life and 
everything that Lou Reed and that whole band stood for and what they did, especially when you put it in the context of the day, it was the height of hippie mania. And they were literally the antithesis of it all. Again, not for everybody and all of the sort of platitudes about the Velvet Underground are well known. But for me, I always drew inspiration from Velvet Underground and all the bands of that genre, when it became Luna and all the alt- stuff, whether clearly I'm a big fan of Pavement and Yola Tango, et cetera. Not that they are sort of progeny of that, but I would say off the top of my head, you know, certainly Velvet Underground, Neil Young. Is it what they represent in the culture or is it just sheerly your taste in music that they speak to you on? I think it was more what they represented mm. in culture. From a literary point of view, I would say, I would still say probably the Bhagavad Gita is still one of the most important books in my life. And to a, and th- this sounds so fucking self-important and asinine, Douglas Hofstetter's Good Earl Bach, right? I'm not even going to describe it because I barely have a comprehension of it. And I think from an art perspective, I always like Sir Christopher Wren, who rebuilt London mm. in, uh, after it burned down because there's a lot of famous stories about him. And really, it seemed like he was just a total fucking dick. But there's an apocryphal story that St. Paul's Cathedral, and again, I know that it's more of a, it's a, it's a different, if you Google St. Sir Christopher Wren, and I'm sure you know, we'll say, well, I, it's a different building altogether that there's this uh, supposedly joke that Christopher Wren played. I was in class, and again, I was a horrible student, and I was in London at the time. My architecture professor said, St. Paul's Cathedral, actually, the pillars in St. Paul's Cathedral stop like a millimeter short of the ceiling. And there's another building where they say that it took place, but I believe that that the apocryphal story really, from what it was told to me, was at St. Paul's Cathedral, where he was a mathematical genius, and they said, you know, uh, he was tasked with creating St. Paul's Cathedral in London, beautiful. And he didn't want any pillars because he's like, my design is fucking amazing. You don't need to fucking have pillars supporting this mm, thing. Mm, mm. He's like, and they're like, why? Because I'm a fuck, I'm goodwill fucking hunting, dude. How about them apples? Like, that's the kind of dick this guy was. He placed columns that and are like, not load And like the 500th anniversary or 200th anniversary, they were cleaning the ceilings. They're like, oh shit, they ain't touching the ceiling. <laughs> they don't even do anything. <laughs> That's amazing. Again, I probably butchered the story. I probably merged three things, but this is how urban legend gets me. Mm-hmm. That's a good fuck you moment. So I don't know why, but I I think about him all the time. And another thing I don't think about at all as an artistic expression, the Roman Empire. <laughs> Just to reiterate. <laughs> how many times a day do you think about the Roman Empire? None. 0.0. What about you? Artistic inspirations? Who's your liter- who, who? David Edgar's? Dave Eggers. I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time with Dave Eggers. I feel like it's too, I feel like the douchiest thing in the world is to say David Foster Wallace. Dom DeLillo. <laughs> Dom DeLuise and Dom DeLillo are my two artistic inspirations. No, every time I have to sit down Philip and write <laughs> just, just anybody who's Murakami. No. Murakami, I've never gotten into Murakami that much, unfortunately. You know why? I can't read a book where it was intended to be in Japanese and English. That's exactly it. I'm just like, I'm not getting the gist of this. How do you know he's a good writer? How, how do you know he's a good writer? You're not reading. <laughs> how do you know that Murakami's a good writer? I'm Why is it good? <laughs> I'm literally not reading what he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Who You know who's a good writer? The translator. Right, exactly. That translator ain't getting the fucking residuals. That translator ain't getting a Pulitzer Prize or whatever the fuck Murakami wins. That's exactly why I have a hard time. I'm just like, 
does this sound different? Like, well, this is, I'm not reading what you wrote. So again, and, and I, I will also say this: if I do read about it in the in the, in the newspaper, and I don't know what you would call me here other than a jackass, but anytime an author that doesn't write in English that wins the Pulitz, uh, the Nobel Prize in literature, no, what are you going to say? Oh God! Right, the yeah. Nobel Prize in literature sure, sure, is a real yes, thing. Yes, I'm like, how do you know? <laughs> You know, it doesn't inspire me to want to read them. I'm like, really? We are basically literary flat earthers. Yeah, just like, <laughs> I am. I'm just telling you. Like, that there's a Chinese guy that wanted the dissident. He won. I'm like, how do you know they translate the characters right? How do you know? How do you know? It's true. It's like, I've never met a person who speaks Chinese and English that well. <laughs> like, and, and, like, well enough that they're like a master in both here's the here's pages. all I know: the Chinese characters are crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Do not translate to crouching, crouching right. tiger, hidden dragon. Nor nor do the <laughs> nor do the English names of almost any Chinese restaurant no. translate to what the no. characters say. So I'm just saying, if I have to be labeled a flat earther, then so be it. I'm just saying that how do you know that it translates? Because it doesn't always translate. So I'm more. Here's other. If somebody writes in English and they win a Nobel Prize in literature, I'm still not reading it. I'm more inclined to be like, they must be really good. Right. And somebody that doesn't write in English, they win the Nobel Prize in literature. I'm like, I don't know, suspect. Or if I say, hey, Dave, you've never read uh, Henry V? Let me more or less tell you <laughs> in my own words what it says. Do I win an award? I don't think we're bringing up a ridiculous topic here. I genuinely think that things get lost in translation and I don't know why you would assume that it's really good in English. So that is why I will never read a Murakami. <laughs> the, only, the only flip side is maybe Murakami's a really bad writer in Japanese. Here's what I know about Murakami. He likes fucking jazz and he runs a lot. What more do I need to fucking know? Does it sound like we're on X, formerly known as Twitter? <laughs> Cultural hot takes that are just stupid. All right. All right. Let's take a break. Dads, the Murakami edition. The kids are getting bigger, smarter, even more curious, which means their Christmas wish list is likely getting more detailed. What are the top things the kids are asking for this year? Hugo wants all things Jurassic Park and Lego. Mm. Everything. It's a list of everything Lego, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park specifically or dinosaurs Did generally? I tell the story that he's pissed off at me about how I wrote Jurassic Park? I drew Jurassic Park? No? No. As a dad story. This is my dad's story. We're in our minivan. I'm in shotgun. Hugo's yelling at the top of his lungs. Somebody draw this for me. <laughs> Ballpoint pen on the back of a postcard, right, of all things. And he's like, what do you want, Hugo? He wants me to draw the logo of Jurassic Park with the Tyrannosaurus Rex, the skeleton, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the like, words Jurassic Park. And he's like, I, can you draw this for me? And I'm like, Hugo, like, I'm not that good at drawing. He's like, do it. <laughs> Do it. I'm like, Hugo, like, I, I don't, I can't promise you it's going to look good. I'm not talented at this. Grace is driving. Grace is a good, she can draw very well. And she's like, Do it. I'm like, Fuck, all right. <laughs> I try in a moving car with a ballpoint pen, holding it against my hand. And I'm like, Oh my God, this don't look very good. <laughs> this is, this moment is parenting in a nutshell. This don't look very good <laughs> at all, you know? And I give it back to him. And he goes, what is this? 
But that's when you'd be like, hey, I've seen your drugs, kid. And he goes, what is this? And you know what he said? My son looks at me and he's not just even looking at me. He's screaming it out loud. I can't be friends with you anymore. <laughs> he announces it. This is so bad. I can't be friends with you anymore. It doesn't, he's like, it doesn't look anything like this. I said, ah. and he's just ripping me a new one nonstop for the next fucking 30 minutes. Oh my God. That's really good. Yeah. What is this? I can't be friends with you. And then where did he get? I we're getting dinner with, with Cho and his family and his kid. And then I'm like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put aside my ego and I want to see how Hugo's going to react when an adult that's one of the best artists out there does mm-hmm. his thing. Mm-hmm. And I say, hey, Cho, can you draw this Jurassic Park logo? And I pull it up on my phone. And he goes, yeah, does it. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Hugo's like looking at me and looking at him, looking at me, <laughs> looking at him. I'm like, <laughs> and you can't explain why there's a difference. He's just like, what the hell? Well, what, what's wrong with you? He's like, it's almost like, why do you not love me? That's my dad's story. Well, that's really funny. That so he wants Jurassic Park, and he would like me to be a better draftsman of sorts. <laughs> that's his another wish. Dear Santa, can my dad not suck at drawing things? And the other thing that I find to be totally weird, and I say weird in a positive way, but I don't know where this comes from. <laughs> He wants roller skates. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Hugo, why do you want roller oh, skates? Oh, don't do it. Because then you have to, I don't know. Do you know how to teach a kid how to roller skate? No. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it. I got him skateboard skates. lessons. And that's another thing. He would look at me versus the skateboard teacher like, why can't you? It's like. <laughs> I'm like that Michael Jordan there playing the courts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but the opposite meaning. Jordan's like, I'm too good. You're like, I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> Why can't you do this? I don't know. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got going on for Christmas lists? Uh, I asked Keith, my three-year-old, the other day, what he wanted. He said a grabber, which I don't know what that is. A Paw Patrol toy, and I was like, "Do you want anything else, like books or anything else?" And he said, "Oh yeah, and some wine for you guys." It's <laughs> like, well we are, played, we are, Keith. We are just we are we are doing this all wrong. But the real problem is this: we all know that. Santa and Christmas is just a seasonal tool for parents to use to enforce good behavior. But I overplayed my hand because I, 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 you know, I used the legend or introduced the legend of the whole Santa, you know, brings good gifts to good little boys and girls and a lump of coal <laughs> to the naughty ones. And now anytime Keith makes a mistake of any nature, small or large, he spills a drop of milk on the table. He's... <laughs> He slumps his shoulders and says, I'm getting a rock for Christmas. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. You're not getting a rock for Christmas. It's okay. You're a good little boy. He's like, I'm getting a rock for Christmas. <laughs> so I overplayed my hand in terms of the uh, Santa as behavioral enforcer. I want to give my parenting tip for everybody to, again, I don't think you remember my parenting tip about Santa. Yeah, the voicemails. Did you do in the voicemail? I haven't. I haven't. All right. I have another thing because I also realized that Keith doesn't understand who Santa is yet. It doesn't matter. You got to put the photo of Santa in your phone. Okay? Look, you got to put the That's photo of Santa. That's a good picture of Santa, man. Yeah. That's a good picture so, of like, his profile. You got to put Santa in your phone. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm just going to give the number out. 605-313-4000 is the number to say Nick. You just gave Santa's home phone yeah, number out to you. I know. I just doxed You just doxed Santa. I just doxed fucking Santa. And let's call him. Let's call him. 
Santa? Merry Christmas. This is Santa calling. And you have reached my personal hotline. We have been very busy making all of those toys to deliver on Christmas morning. Mm. And I want you to know that your family loves you very much. And so do I. So be good. And don't forget to always listen to your parents. <laughs> when you hear the tone, please leave me your Christmas gift wishes and holiday cheer. And remember, <laughs> kids, I know who's been naughty or nice. Whoa. Merry Christmas, and I'll see you soon. <laughs> and this is an example. Hey, Santa, uh... Jenny is not listening to me right now, and I told her that if she wanted to... No. Yeah. No, Daddy, no. I know. Santa, Santa. I'll be good. Hey, Jenny. Listen, no, no. let Daddy speak to no, Santa. No, no. It's important. By the time out, it's important that it's on voice. Uh, it's got to be on speaker, right? You no, got to no, threat the speaker. Yeah. And oftentimes, if you do this well enough, you don't even get to call. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to call Santa. You just pull it's out like, the phone. I'm going to call Santa. Mm -hmm. Right? And then it's like, no, no, don't. <laughs> and it's like, listen, Santa, I love Jenny so much, but she's not listening to me. I know you're busy checking in on all the boys and girls around the world right now. And that's why you can't answer your phone. That's okay. But if you listen to this message, please, Santa, will you think about whether, you know, Jenny's been naughty or nice? Mm -mm -mm. Thank you. And, you know, hang up and then you leave a voicemail and it's, it, it, it works. I feel like I just unlocked the best way, maybe not a, a, a healthy way, but it works. Yeah. I mean, having him on the phone is a, is, a, is a power move. It's like democracy. I love that. It do works. You, maybe you, there's better ways, but it's what works right now. Do you think that Santa line is produced by the same people who brought us Fart World? And I'm just <laughs> I'm in the matrix. <laughs> I'm just not that smart yeah. to be the mastermind behind Fart World and Santa God, Claus. Can you imagine owning both of those? Imagine if I was and no one knew. Where. <laughs> Damn, that would be sick. And you're just subtly planting these things in the show. I never, so again, we have a stockings this year. Mm -hmm. Who puts coal? Do you think there's anybody who legitimately still puts coal? I mean, that's fucked up. It's really bad. First of all, it's really bad for the environment. Right? I mean, charcoal can be used to clean your teeth and purify things, but at the same time, like, who would do that? Who who would do that? Who would go and buy some charcoal to put in a kid's Maybe stocking? we should update that because this is not a Charles Dickens-like era anymore because maybe that worked in London in the 1820s. Right. It's today just, would be, what would be the equivalent of coal today in the stocking? What would be a 2023 coal in the stocking move? Hmm. Ah, number two pencil. Right. Number two pencil, an eraser. Or as you said, a toothbrush is the Halloween toothbrush, equivalent. Mm -hmm. Baby carrots. <laughs> <laughs> baby carrots. Right. Hooked on phonics subscription. Yeah. Just anything that they just yeah. I but it's that's the problem, is like it's an idle threat. But you can't you can't really pull anything like that off. What are you gonna do? We'd be like Can somebody, if they want, you can please 
call us. We got to do this voicemail thing uh, and get people to call in their things. You know, please figure that out. Or you can send in an email to askdavidmajordomomedia.com. A voice memo, yeah. Voice memo or email. And let us know if you have ever received coal in your stocking or something similar to that. And don't lie because Santa's listening. From Specifically from Santa, not just bad gifts. I had a cousin who gave me Slim Fast when I was 10 years old. What are they trying to say? That I was a fat, fat little boy. And it's, has, does any other culture do that other than Asian culture? When I say all of Asia, I mean all of Asia, not just one part of Asia that's not part all of, of Asia, this. Yeah. All of Asia, where they feed you, feed you, feed you. You got to eat more. You got to mm-hmm, eat more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not even 30 minutes later, like, you're fat. <laughs> it's not even 30 seconds later. It's just eat, 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 fat boy. No. <laughs> just like, oh, come on. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, let's take a break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, we got a holiday moif. What do we got here, you know? All right, fellas. Um, We're going to start off with smells. I want you to rank these holiday smells from best to worst. We've got pine, cinnamon, Freshly baked cookies, peppermint, and orange and clove. All right. So if you guys have the list in front of you, just give me your just give me your top three even. Holiday smells. Can I just give you a hot take right off the bat? Worst cookies of the year, holiday cookies from Christmas. Nobody really wants to eat a gingerbread candy cane cookie. Gingerbread's the worst cookie. By far the worst cookie. Gingerbread man. Yeah. All these like all they're these cookies, so bad that they animate themselves because nobody <laughs> wants to fucking eat them. They all originate from Scandinavia, I feel like, and they're all just these intense, dark flavors. And I, I'm not, I'm not into them. But I'm just a huge fan of the idea that Santa Claus came from all the psychedelics from Scandinavia. It's <laughs> just that? so funny to me. Uh, although I would say, for me, smell wise, peppermint below cookies, pine, pine. I don't know. Pine's my number one. I love a Christmas tree smell. Freshly baked cookies, even if they're the horrible thing known as gingerbread man or whatever. Smells good. Smells good. The actual taste is terrible. So it's number one in smell, last place in taste. (laughs) I don't even know what orange and clove is. Sounds like a new hip bar in the Lower East Side. (laughs) I heard the bartenders from Orange and Clove are doing a pop-up over the holidays. Dude, they worked at the the, the Gen Yamamoto in uh, Tokyo. It's so sick. I love pep- peppermint. I don't know. Cinnamon, I love. Pine, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you, freshly baked cookies, number one. Everything else, I don't give a shit. Freshly baked cookies are your number one smell, but not your number one taste. I like pine. I look forward to pine smell. 
problem with pine is that unless it's real pine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, though. Like the smell of an actual tree. When are you getting real pine? Like a tree, tree, a Christmas tree smell. No, I'm all about the artificial life. <laughs> You're about the artificial yeah, life? Man. Yeah. No, 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 no. Artificial pine is horrible. I know. Artificial p- Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not smelling a... I thought you were saying you're just hanging up car air fresheners like, around not, your house. I don't even know what pine smells like, man. You're, you're not even aware that there actually was a real thing called a tree at one no, point. Again, in the Democratic Republic of Chang, we're banning all pine trees, <laughs> real pine trees in Christmas. That is out. Wait, it reminds me of this crazy moment. Ruby, the other day, we have a, a photo hanging in our hallway, and she was like, what is that thing hanging up there? And I was like, oh, it's just a photograph that um, mom's friend took. And she was like, what do you mean it's a photograph? And I was like, it's a photograph of a boat. And she was like, but it's a, I thought it was like a printout of some sort. And it occurred to me that in her mind, a photograph is only a thing that is looked at on a phone oh. and not a printed object. That's, the, that's the artificial tree world. Artificial we're, tree world we're is the to. way to go. And remember to go check out that new hot bar, Orange and Clove, <laughs> on Essex. Favorite holiday movie? <laughs> Christmas story is always good, but you know what? I can't tell you the last time I saw it because it's not that good. <laughs> you know what? I'll say this. For a movie that, when it's on, if we're talking about rewatchable style, mm-hmm. if it's on, I'm watching it. And I know almost every scene. And it takes place during Christmas. It's Love Actually. <laughs> I'm a Love Actually man. Yeah. I'm a big time Love yeah. Actually man. I'm sorry, yeah. but I'm a big Love Actually guy. It's almost a, like a perfect movie. It's, it is. It is a perfect movie. It is. It's, it's a very it's, good, it's like a diet Pepsi, diet Coke, <laughs> a really good diet Coke. You watching just, <sighs> I'm a love actually man all the way. That's my favorite one. I think my wife will probably say the holiday. The holiday with Jack Black. Yeah. 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 And Jude Law. That's good. And Cameron Diaz. Um, again, another like story Winston. that would never happen in real life, but whatever. <laughs> Kate Winslet. Oh man! Sure. Uh, I was. I'm a Scrooge man too. Oh, Scrooge with Bill Murray. That was good. I saw that in the movie theaters growing up. Very, very good. You're right. That was a good one. What's the one with uh, a one? It's a Wonderful Life. That's what I'm going to say. It's a Wonderful Life. Boring. Boring. <laughs> I've never seen it though. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> Your answers are holiday cookies, but I don't want to eat them. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life, but I've never seen it. Favorite holiday song, I'm going to say Father Christmas by The Kinks because I love that grunt line growing up. Give us some cash or we're going to beat you up. Yeah, I like that one a lot. What's the other? What's the other? Uh, what's mine? Mariah Carey? <laughs> no. Mine is Fairy Tale of New York. I mean, what, what is this one? What is that one? I can't play The lead singer just died. What is that? Right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Warm Christmas, definitely. I, I, I listen. If you can get a white Christmas, great. It happens every every once in a while on the East Coast. But I love Warm Christmas. I love it. It is so nice. Is it because cold Christmases are actually brutal in New York? Just like living through that is brutal time. Weather on the East Coast sucks. Right. It's pretty to look at for a minute, but it's brutal, right? Yeah. So warm weather. Warm weather all the way. So that for me is like grass is always greener because I've never had a cold Christmas in my life. Yeah, go go do it. <laughs> just just want to see one. Christmas Eve or Christmas Day to celebrate? I'm going Christmas. Christmas Eve is the most anticipation. Christmas Eve is Saturday and Christmas Day is Sunday to me. If you're looking at it as, uh, from like a weekend perspective. Christmas Eve is 
is the foreplay of it all. Yeah. I like yeah. Christmas Eve because you can have fun and you still have another day ahead of yeah, you. Yeah, you're anticipating everything else. Right. Yeah. Christmas Eve. Let me tell you how disappointing Christmas <laughs> it's Day is. Foreplay. <laughs> this is a it's foreplay into Christmas Day. This is a tantric Christmas. A tantric. Santa Claus was very much into tantric Buddhism. <laughs> all right. Just ask Mrs. Santa Claus. I, oh my God, dude. Oh my God. Chris got real fucking weird. It took me there. <laughs> Christmas Eve, 100%. I agree with you, though. Yeah. Christmas Day, it's about when can I open something? And, then and as just, a child, it was shaking every box to know what was in it. Christmas Day is just like hurtling toward now. Sadness. Now it's like, ugh, I'm not getting anything because no one is buying me anything. I got to clean up all this shit. Yay. Well, but it is. I just said the truth. As a dad, I just told you the real truth. Opening presents with Yay, the kids. Yay, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, I'm, <laughs> opening with the kids is fun, but you're the right. after bath is not. It's just pure letdown. Because you know why it's a letdown? This is why it's a letdown. You buy all the things for your kids. You wrapped everything up. And they got their entire Christmas wish list. And you know what they're playing with? The fucking box. <laughs> playing with the fucking box. Yeah, the kid. bigger the box, the better. And you're like, really? Yeah, kids are I could have just given you a big box, wrapped it up with nothing inside, and you would have been stoked. That's Talk about coal. Oh, that's the coal. That ain't cold. That's actually... That's a sick move. That's a sick move. A giant box Box? just wrapped up and like, it's a box. I know it's all you want anyway. Use your imagination, Timmy. (laughs) So you're dating a Korean or Chinese person and you've never met their parents. You know, you can finish this off. I'm reading it for you. All right. So you're dating a Korean or Chinese person. You've never met their parents, but you still want to make a good impression. So what do you get for them? It's a quick Christmas gift. Uh, Give me your hot take. So for a Korean mom or a Korean dad of uh, someone you're dating and you don't, you don't I mean, know. Korean dad, it's, it's definitely Johnny Walker. <laughs> definitely Johnny Walker and the most rare color, you know, uh, I'm talking like turquoise. <laughs> turquoise color. <laughs> whatever it is. Like whatever the most rare color because the rarer the color, you're literally buying your father-in-law's love. Mm. Mm-hmm. For Korean people. You wouldn't understand as a Chinese person. Mm-hmm. I guess this doesn't, this doesn't imply to you, my friend. Yeah, Korean mom, Korean mom, Korean mother-in-law. This is where I do think it's true. And it has to be the right one. And it doesn't have to be expensive. But if you can nail this, and I, I think I just got this right. I think I just distilled entire Korean mother-in-law population. This is it. If you can do this, you are going to win over. Mm. Much like buying your father-in-law's affection with the rare Johnny Walker color. Even if you got the Johnny Walker, White Walker series from Game of Thrones, that would make them happy, right? Mm. Because they know intuitively, that's rare shit. (laughs) 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 They're going to know like the number. They've never seen Game of Thrones. I know what a White Walker is. (laughs) Mother-in-law. And this is why it is such a dangerous, dangerous proposition. But if you can choose this mission and do it well, you you won. You just scored unlimited amount of points and extra lives in the video game that is known as the mother-in-law relationship. Yes. If you can nail the piece of jewelry. Yeah. If you can nail a piece of jewelry mm-hmm. and do it where she actually likes it and she actually wants to wear it and it's not fake like, oh, thank you, and she mm-hmm. talks shit about you, you won. Are we talking, do you think, okay, narrow it down slightly. 
earrings, necklace, bracelet, watch. Any of the above. Not a watch, but a brooch. A pin. brooch, anything. Okay. Right? And it clearly could be super expensive, but it could also be not mm-hmm. expensive. It just has to signify, you know, Korean yeah. mom is clearly like the more expensive, the better. But <laughs> I think, okay, for a Chinese mom, and I, I think I might actually have you beat here, possibly. And I'm saying this earnestly, truly earnestly. This is not, this is not bullshit. Earnest gift, newish relationship, Chinese mom, not I'm swear, I swear to God. I thought about that. I swear. Bees. I swear to God, a set of any days. I swear to God. I wow. swear to God. Well that's real. My entire extended family of of ants are losing their fucking minds. Over I it. mean, but that's also so random. I could just say, I'm uh, Chinese moms want a. It's not a, a giant box of Manila folders. Because Chinese so moms all re- are Chinese moms. World's number one microwavers. <laughs> Chinese moms. You know what would be a. I, I also say that you know what would be sick is a, a cuckoo or zojiroshi ah, very time good. machine one, right? The yeah, one yeah. where you don't even know what the buttons are. Yeah. That's going to very be very impressive. That's very impressive. Because they know too. But if you want to, they understand it. This is very similar to the Olympic judge on figure skating. If he can pull off the quadruple, triple, whatever axle and land it, mm-hmm. you're going to win. You could be shitty at everything else. But if you do like 600 rotations and you land it, right? You yeah. could have do nothing else in your routine, but that's all you do. You're going to win. Yeah, degree of difficulty. Yeah. The degree of difficulty is certainly understood by the Korean mother-in-law on the jewelry bit. And if you nail it, you could be, she could hate you. She could think to herself, why is my daughter or, or son dating this piece of shit? <laughs> but if you stick that 600 rotation jump Axel, Lutz, well, yeah. whatever. Perfect tense. Across the board. Doesn't matter what else you do. Azoji Roshi, you are guaranteeing yourself you're making it to the next round. Maybe you're playing for the bronze medal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you are daring, I would go for the jewelry. Good luck to you. Bon chance, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, because getting the right jewelry is, is damn near impossible. Damn near impossible. Grandparents, by the way, the answer is ginseng. <laughs> <laughs> like a nice, a nice piece of ginseng. Viagra. <laughs> Viagra for the grandparents. And I can also tell you, if you do Viagra with a... That's what the ginseng is. It's yeah, just generic Viagra. I know. But just give it the real thing. <laughs> what is it? The real thing? Just give it Viagra. The other thing is the Roca chocolate things. Oh, yeah. What are they called? Almond Roca. Almond Roca. Mm-hmm. They love those. I don't know why. But again, once you turn 65. You love Almond Roca. Almond so Roca. Oh, my God. Is, you love Almond Roca. You have to eat Almond Roca. And I actually all Asian, all Asian grandparents, they want. I actually don't know if you're allowed to buy it if you're under 65. <laughs> you have to present your ID to get it. People might say, oh, the packaging is Ferre Rocher. That one. No. It's Almond Roca and everything else below it. And you buy that in a nice package with, you know, a handshake of Viagra, you're in. <laughs> Just planted in grandpa's <laughs> hands. <laughs> so nice to meet you. What's this? Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> this David is a keeper. <laughs> so what's the deadline for taking Christmas decorations down? Before I get to that, I wanted to just say this. When do you stop saying happy holidays and happy new year? Because what if I, what if I just keep on saying that in the summer? And people think you're crazy, but what is, who is the arbiter? We should, we should make that a game. 
We should see it's not who like can, summer solstice. Can, I'm just saying who can pull off the latest in the year. Happy yeah. New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Because there's so many cultural New Years too. You got Chinese. It goes on and on. There's two. <laughs> Chinese and not Chinese. But yeah, I think January 13th is the latest Happy New Year. I'm going to try to take it to Valentine's Day. You're going to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm going to try. February I'm just going to give you my promise. I'm going to try to bring Happy New Year all the way. I'm going to try to push it to March. If I can do two solid months. Also, we haven't talked about the January Wheel of Constraint. Let's come back. Oh. I need it. I'm, I'm bursting at the seams over here. Let's do this. Wheel of Constraint. Let's go. I'm going to drop 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I added, I got some blood work done the, uh, this week. So Sunday night, I didn't eat after a five o'clock dinner. And then it was for Monday morning. And then I got so busy and I just decided, huh, I haven't starved myself since wrestling. How far could I take this? In wrestling, I used to go for like so weeks. F- fr- so I went almost 72 hours. Nothing. Nothing. And let me tell you, it was not fun. You were seeing shit. No, no. By the end, I was like, man, like, why is my stomach... I was like, oh, why am I so tired? Oh, yeah. 72 hours? Yeah. Like you so I was so hungry. To- so I was, I was filming something. And on the way home, Gray said, oh, we're making dinner. I stopped to get two slices of pizza. Because I, I was so hungry. I couldn't wait. I was so hungry that there was two families in front of me. And they were just normally doing their thing, ordering. And in my mind, I was like, I want to fucking destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> This is not good Just give you. me some pizza in my mouth right now. <laughs> and boy, were those two slices of pizza good. So I'm just saying, we're talking All about right. constraint. I'm in. January constraint. Food didn't taste. It never tasted so good. Mediocrity never tasted so good. But that's it, right? That's that's what we all need. It's like a little hurt to go with the, with the feel good. Yeah, it was like Joe Biden is president. <laughs> is there a... Okay. It's like, what I would wow. love to add... <laughs> what we should feel add so good. Like the... I've been hungry for four years. <laughs> so I'm starving. Anything will do. <laughs> Just a morsel. All right. So you're going to push Happy New Year to March. Yeah. And we're going to do some kind of intense wheel of constraint. <laughs> March 1st. Dave meets somebody. Hey, how's it going? Dave Chang. Happy New Year. <laughs> uh, so Christmas decorations down. What is it? I think it's Jan- mid-January, right? That's the... I, I have a fr- I have a friend who believes that it is 4 p.m. Christmas Day. I'm a January 1st guy. It's got to be over by January 1st. What are we doing? Just going to end it on a dad's. So last night I took my son out because he's really a fan of our next door neighbor's Christmas light decorations. There's all kinds of colors. And he continues to say, it's the moon. And I am such a prick. You know, as I keep on having to correct him. I was like, it is not the moon. <laughs> Those what? are Christmas lights. What the hell, man? He's like, look, that there's bush. And he goes, that's the moon. It's not the moon, Gus. <laughs> it's not the moon. It's Christmas lights. Moon. Christmas lights. No, it's the moon. No, it's Christmas lights. And then he turns and goes, I'm being metaphorical, Dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he says to me, Pangu fuck. 